And then Psalm 34, prayer. I will bless the Lord at all times. 34 and 1. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Um, those three scriptures, I don't care what you're going through, they work. I don't care how you're feeling, they work. The Bible is full and rich with all kinds of things for our lives. Mm -hmm. But those are certainly places that I landed day in and day out and read Psalm 37 every single day. What happens when what happened was not your fault? It was out of your control. You didn't even see it coming. And now that it's here, it hurts, it challenges, and it changes you. It is cancer. Does the church have a response? Is there a particular way that Christians are supposed to behave? Well, coming up on today's podcast, we're going to dig into this issue with an interview with Esthering King Davis of E.K. Davis and Associates. Let's talk church. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing to talk with us today. Um, you've got a story that I believe that people really need to hear, not just because you're my mom, but because I believe you can help someone who may be struggling with a tough diagnosis or a tough situation. So by very brief introduction, you're a professional lobbyist, you're a jury enthusiast, and most importantly, you're a child of God. And if I were to just look at your life, I would say that you live your life at a pretty fast pace. Um, you've never been one to let grass grow under your feet. So with that very quick introduction, I hope that for the viewing audience, I begin to paint a picture of a person who is always on the go and then life changed. So if you would just take us back to the day of your diagnosis, how did you come to understand that something was wrong? Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for having me on your show, and I'm real excited to share my story. Um, I'd had a mammogram, and my doctor's office called back and needed for me to go back in for a second mammogram. Um, they were saying that the technician could not read the scan that had been done when in actuality they were seeing things, but they were of course going to surprise me by saying we saw something. So went back in, had the second scan. Uh, a couple of days later, my doctor called me and said that they have found a mass on my right breast wall. It was 12 millimeters in size. Um, and that they would need to have a biopsy completed. Um, and having the biopsy done, and the biopsy proved that it was not just cancerous, but that it was stage one, and um, I was going to have to have surgery to get it removed. Now, that was really something hard for me to take. I was... Um, 
totally unprepared for where I was going to be from that point on as far as what to do, how to deal with it. Um, and the thing about the actual surgery is that this cancer, by being a triple negative, is the hardest to treat because it doesn't respond to normal things that the other cancers would respond to. So it's very aggressive, hard to treat, and I have it. So I have some challenges ahead. Mm. So um, you know, I don't know that everyone is familiar with triple negative. So that's just a breakdown, like you said, it was just very hard to treat. No, the very technical words, um, but that I don't have in front of me right now. So yeah, uh, I can provide information along that line later, but meaning that it doesn't respond to three different kinds of estrogens. Okay. And those estrogens of what they typically use to treat it. Okay. Okay. So that just, knowing that, when they were able to explain that to you, you know, what, what was your thought process? Um, honestly, I was concerned. I've just been told I have cancer. I've just been told it's going to grow real fast. Mm -hmm. And I've also been told that this one is not, you know, one of the easiest. We do have success with it, but it's one of the hardest ones to mm. get success with. Wow. So I know that you began to pray. I know I was praying too. So can you tell us what comfort did you find um, through the scriptures? You know, how do they transform from being just words on a page to, you know, something that would give life and give hope? Well, first of all, I know that I believe in God. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I got through the initial stages of fear, anxiety, sadness, nervousness, that I had to rely on my faith. So I knew that I had to trust God. And by doing that, I think that I got to peace and calm the moment I gave it to him. And I'm not going to sit here and say that that happened at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a process. It took a lot of prayer. It took a lot of um, tears. It took a lot of... Um, I'll say come to Jesus moments where you, I even questioned why me Lord, but in the end I was able to say before the surgery, why not me Lord? Because mm. you're going to bring me through this and I'm going to be a testimony. So wow, that's a positive yeah. attitude. Yeah. Yeah. And to flip it though, because of originally it was negative for sure. Well, you know, and, that, and, that, and that's a natural response too. It's scary. And they've told you it's, you know, it's something that's hard to treat. It grows fast and, you know, you got to get it out of there. That's, it's natural to, you know, be afraid and, you know, but the wonderful thing is that you, um, you were able to turn to your relationship with the Lord, that you were able to like plug into the power that that would bring. So yeah. did, you actually, did you ever actually feel like um, the presence of the Lord was with you throughout your ordeal? Absolutely. Um, I've always had a sense of um, his nearness, but the mama know that he is there and he is speaking directly to you is um, really compelling. Um, 
So I started to see him working on my behalf from little stuff like him giving me the peace and calm for each time I would go deal with any of the doctors, nurses, anesthesiologists, uh, just people, medical professionals that he put in my path. Each one of those people, for some reason, I could tell that their spirit was going to align with mine. And then we would be able to talk about God as part of my um, process. And I'll never forget the day that one of the nurses in one of the offices gave me a cross. We had been talking about God. And before I got ready to leave, she and another nurse gave me a cross and said, it's with you through your treatment. I have it to this day in my purse. And I um, just was so honored. And then I had another um, assistant that was part of the treatment that shared things that she knew would help make even the chemo more comfortable. Like the one that told me drink plenty of water so that it flushes all these um, chemicals out of your system that we're putting in and it helps your, your protect your body organs. I mean, Everybody, a lot of people will know that, a lot of the professionals, but a lot of people don't take the time to share that information. So it helped make my treatment easier. And I had a doctor that told me that I could call him any time of the day and night or email him. I would probably get a quicker response. He said it's at between two and four, and that was because he'd be sleeping. I mean, how many <laughs> professionals do you know that would give you that kind of access to them? But he wanted to make sure that if I had a concern, that he would be there to mm-hmm. respond. And we actually had to use him a couple of times for we. Uh, would email him and immediately you get a quick response from him. So um, then, of course, I had the love of family, um, my daughters, as well as my sisters, and um, they just came through for me. And there's nothing like the love of family to get you through a tough time. Mm. So it sounds like you had a good support team from the doctors and, you know, from family as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's really neat that um, it was a nurse, uh, one of your medical professionals gave you that cross. Um, right. So to tie with that cross, do you have any go-to scriptures that you maybe tucked in your purse or tucked in your heart that kind of, you know, that you would replay in your mind as you would be getting your treatments? Absolutely. Um, I've been through a lot of struggles. And the first thing that actually came to my mind was Isaiah 54 and 17. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every word, every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. Mm -hmm. I truly believe in that. I know that is my heritage. It says in that scripture that it's my heritage because I am a servant of the Lord. Um, Another one that is one of my go-tos, and it's the whole... um, Book of Psalms, um, which is Psalm 37, fret not thyself because of evildoers, and I thought cancer as being the evildoer, mm-hmm. neither be 
thou envious against the workers of iniquity. And I mean, the whole book of Psalms mm -hmm. is right here, you know, because I've done it so many times, so many times. And then Psalm 34, prayer, I will bless the Lord at all times, 34 and 1, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Um, those three scriptures, I don't care what you're going through, they work. I don't care how you're feeling, they work. The Bible is full and rich with all kinds of things for our lives. Mm -hmm. But those are certainly places that I landed day in and day out and read Psalm 37 every single day, every single day. Well, that's wonderful to hide the scripture in your heart and just to have like go-to passages um, like life preservers mm -hmm. that you can slip on in times of need. So with you having a team surrounding you um, of people that you can see, scripture that you can hold on to, tell us about your relationship with the Lord. How did that change um, during your recovery? Well, I found that I prayed more. I try to be more sincere, more serious about my faith. Um, I have what I call my little prayer closet and started um, seeking a place where I could seek him. And so I would set my clock for five o'clock every morning and I would get up and go into my, it's actually my closet, but there is a, a round port window that whenever you're on your knees, if you look up, all you see is the heavens. And that was like a direct line to God. Mm -hmm. And I, I would um, look up and start my prayer. And then I began to humble myself even more by totally, I was already kneeling, but placing my forehead completely on the floor mm -hmm. as a form of submission. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I would pray, sometimes I would cry, but either way, I knew he was there. I could feel his presence. I still feel his presence. So that was one of the powerful things that helped me to get through. But also, I was at church one night for um, Bible study. Mm -hmm. And our pastor said that rather than having an actual lesson, that he knew that God was moving in people's lives. And so they put a mic in the center aisle of the church and uh, they were gonna set aside an hour for people to come up to the mic and say how God had blessed them. Now, immediately 20, 25, 30 people stood in the line and I was with a couple of my choir members and one member in particular asked me if I would go up and stand with her, because she said, you know, I cannot get through this testimony alone. She had, her mom had basically died and come back to life. Mm. Uh, her heart stopped, her body function stopped. Wow. But, but they were able to uh, get her to the hospital and they brought her back. She had no pulse whenever she was being transported. And so every time she, uh, my friend would tell the story. She was crying and stuff. She said, so, you know, I'm going to have to 
lean on you to get me through this. I'm like, okay, I'm going. So we were up there and we get closer to the mic and closer to the mic. Closer we got to the mic, I started hearing God speaking to me. He said, it's your turn. Now keep in mind, I had all, I had been through the situation of the breast cancer and the treatment and the uh, um, 20 uh, radiation treatments, four chemo treatments, and and he's telling me it's time for me to tell someone. It was two and a half years in, and I'm sitting there thinking, nope, not doing it. Nope, not doing it. And so she told her story, and I'm sitting there rubbing her, giving her comfort. And as she started to walk away from the mic, I started to walk away, I thought, from the mic, but found myself. It was like words were coming out of me into the mic she had almost made it to her seat because i saw her turn around and look in surprise to see that i was speaking into the mic and it was like that was nothing but god i had no idea <laughs> that i was in the mic until i recognized that's Your my voice. voice and mm -hmm. i'm standing here because my my friend is over there and so um i told the church that night that God was a healer, that anybody that did not believe in him needed to check themselves because he is indeed a healer. I told them how I'd been diagnosed with breast cancer, um, 12 millimeters, triple negative, stage one, hard to treat, fast growing cancer. And that only did I have a successful surgery that I was two and a half years out with no signs of return at that point. And um, I talked through my whole testimony and little did I realize that as I'm walking away from the mic, people are standing and applauding and shouting and praising God. So I made it back to my choir friends and they were giving me hugs and everything and like, you didn't tell me. And you know, I'm like, I know, I know. Well then there were only two people left to testify, a man. And just as that man was finishing, a woman, an elderly lady came up to the mic and it took her a second to get there. And she said, I was not going to say anything. I was going to sit back here and say nothing. But God used that young lady that had breast cancer to speak to me. I have been diagnosed with breast cancer. But hear her story. I am not ready. God is going to take care of me too. Oh. And she finished, there was not a dry eye in the church because we knew that she said he used her to me. It can't get more powerful than that. No, it cannot. Wow. 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 Yeah. That's amazing. Just to see yeah. how God is just moving. Yes. So very real, you know, very yes. real and very active in our lives today. And he uses us when we all will allow ourselves to be used, right? Yes. And you have to recognize, you know, because you have all kinds of things trying to say stuff to you, but you got to recognize his voice. And the Bible says that his sheep know his voice. Yes, it does. It does say that. So 
let's just uh, wrap this up with this one last question that I have. What would you tell someone going through a similar health trial? Your testimony spoke to the lady at your church, but for the podcast viewers today, um, what would you say to them? I would say to them that God does not make mistakes. So if you find yourself going through something, it's just an opportunity to give him the praise. So you kind of learn to praise him through it and he'll get you through it. I would also say that um, he knows what we need. He's going to supply our every need. He tells us that day in and day out in every page of the Bible. And he's not going to leave us um, or forsake us. So I would say have faith, trust Jesus, and let your faith be bigger than your fear. There is nothing that God can't do. You just have nothing to, have yep. Yes, I'm sorry to interrupt there. There's nothing impossible for him. Mm-mm, nothing at all. Mm-mm. Amen. Well, your testimony reminds me of Paul when he said that God always has and always will deliver him. So thank you for being on our podcast today. Uh, we wish that um, you continued help and you're welcome back any old time. I'd love to th- join you again. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope that my words will um, in some way help someone reach out to our Heavenly Father. Oh, I'm sure they will. Thanks again. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast with Estherine King Davis of EK Davis and Associates. She shared her testimony of overcoming breast cancer with a firm faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, no one wants to go through trying times and difficult diagnoses, but with Jesus, you can endure anything set before you. I chose my mom for today's podcast because of her optimism as she was going through her breast cancer fight. I watched her live out her faith And I encourage you, no matter the situation that you may find yourself in, to hold fast to Jesus. I want to share with you from the scriptures, 1 Peter 1, 6 through 8, from the New Living Translation. And that reads, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. In verse 8, you love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. That's 1 Peter 1, 6 through 8 from the New Living Translation. Until we talk again, keep praying, keep trusting, and keep believing. You have been listening to Let's Talk Church, a podcast designed for the curious and the convinced. Join us weekly as we explore and get more comfortable with Christianity. If you haven't done so already, please click subscribe. Also, you're welcome to join us on Instagram at Talk Church. We pray that our God will bless and keep you.